We had so much fun last week, didn't we? Who, who was there? Wow, that's many of you. So for the others, please, if we do this next time, come. It's going to be so much fun. We had great teaching uh, in the Bible, really looked into what is it to be a church, um, what, why do, do we do the things that we actually do, teaching in the Bible, prayer, communion, um, fellowship, and it was just great. And, and I think fellowship was the thing that we learned last week. Uh, just hanging out together, having a lot of fun, getting to know each other better, and uh, it was just great. Um, but today we are back in uh, our series in 1 Peter. So we uh, met and Derek uh, two weeks before our weekend spoke uh, on chapter 3 and I'm going to continue that. And uh, just to give you a reminder of what we are talking about in 1 Peter, 1 Peter is this book where Peter is talking to uh, and addressing to believers and uh, it's talking about our salvation. What, what does that mean? Uh, uh, how does that look like to live as uh, people that are saved, people that are part uh, of his family? And it's talking about justification. What did it actually mean uh, that the cross of Jesus uh, made us righteous? And, uh, and it talks about sanctification, living for God. What does it mean to live a holy life? And uh, now actually we are in a bit, and uh, Derek spoke on that, and Matt spoke on that as well, but we, it's, it's all around the subject suffering. And um, we start off this morning in chapter three, verse 18 till 22. I'm going to read it, and after that, uh, I will pray. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us back to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patient waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which co corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. Let's close our eyes and, and pray. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are, Lord. We thank you uh, that you are God with us, that you are here. Uh, we want to confess that. We want to believe that, that you are here with us, that you are Emmanuel. And we thank you for that, Lord. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come, uh, to open our hearts, open our eyes to see you, Jesus, uh, to see the wonder of your work on the cross, um, to see why it's so, um, uh, why, why it's a mystery at once and a, a really a beautiful thing, Lord, to look at in, in what you've done on the cross for us, that, it, that, that your death gave us life. And uh, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, that we are here in, and can celebrate your grace, can celebrate that, that, 
you gave us life, that you saved us. Lord, we want to give you worship. We want to give you honor. Please help me, Lord. Help me in explaining this. And uh, help us, Lord, to really see the beauty of your word. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about suffering this morning. It's not a very happy subject. And uh, I'm not sure if... I struggle with this a bit because I, I would love to joke around and things, but then we talk about suffering. How can I joke about suffering? But it's, it's true. It's true for, for the people that actually Peter is addressing to, to. Christianity, as we believe it, is not a fairy tale. It's not you meet Jesus and then everything is happy and great and wonderful. It is in one way because you are saved and you know the Savior, you know the living God, you have this restored relationship, that's wonderful, that's joyful. It's something to celebrate. But it doesn't mean that our life on this earth is suddenly wonderful, great, uh, and and we we can enjoy it uh, in riches, and, and we don't have any trials, we don't have any sufferings anymore. It's not. We live in a broken world. Why? And that's actually in the first line. It's because of sins. Because sin came in the world, we were separated from God. And because of that, actually suffering came into the world. Just suffering in general. So maybe you are here and you're not a believer at all. And that's probably a question because it's a a big question around us. Why is there suffering? And second question that that often follows... If if there is a God that really loves us, why do we see so much suffering? And I hope it's it's actually not the suffering that Peter is talking about, but I hope that it it still will answer a little bit to, to that question about why suffering and if God really loves us, how is it possible that that still there is so much suffering around us? Peter is addressing to Christians that are actually suffering because of their faith. They're suffering because of what they believe. And we can see that in verse 14 and 17. But it, it, in 14 it says, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. That's where Derek was talking about. And in verse uh, 17, it's, For it's better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will. Um, so it's, it's talking about suffering, not, not, for do, not because of sin, but actually suffering in doing good, in following God, in following his ways. And because we live in this broken, fallen world, it's, there will be opposition. We, we, that we serve another kingdom, but there are, uh, and we serve the best kingdom and the highest authority, but there are still uh, different, uh, two, two different kingdoms uh, here on this earth. So there is, there is uh, the battle is won, we believe that, in Christ, but there is still this battle going on. Um, and, and in our daily lives as Christians, we probably um, see that. And for some of you, that, that might be very real. Maybe you come from a country uh, where Christians are persecuted, 
And it's, it's, very, it's very real in, in, and you can see it. You can see what it means to suffer as Christians because of your faith. Here in Holland, we don't have it in that way, but still, it can be real for you personal that you feel uh, that, 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 you, that you suffer in, in just relationship with people around you that accuse you, what Matt was talking about uh, two weeks ago. Um, accusations and, and things that come to you because you uh, confess that Jesus is your Lord. Things that come to you, that maybe jobs even, that are not given to you because you confess that, that you believe the God of the Bible. That's, that's in some ways, that's the suffering that the Bible is talking about. It's because you confess that he is your Lord, that, that Jesus is Lord, that, that trials come and that, that people won't accept that. It's, the Bible is talking about, uh, it's a call where the Bible speaks about of being different. How, so how do we deal with this suffering? We are different in one sense, it's because we are followers of Jesus. Uh, that makes us different already. Uh, but how can we deal with suffering in a way that's not, sometimes what happens in my heart is when, when someone accuses me, then the first thing I want to do is defend myself, is just, uh, is just make sure, oh, I'm ready. If you come, I'm ready. But the Christian uh, uh, life is actually, and, and what Peter is talking about, is not like that. It's, it's, it's much more gentle and it's much more loving and it's more, uh, yeah, just keep on loving people around you and, and accept that actually you are suffering for Christ. So is it then that, that Christianity means, uh, okay, I'm a Christian, so I love to suffer. That's, that's, let's suffer. It's, it's, it would be weird if Matt comes up on stage, I'm gonna share fishing this morning, uh, let's suffer for Christ. It, that, that's not the way we approach things. You know, what makes us a Christian is because we love Jesus and we wanna worship him. We wanna live a life that worships him. But in that, and we can't ignore that, in that we will suffer, we will. There is a story in the Bible in Daniel um, where the king Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he builds this golden uh, god. And he says, every time when you hear the music, I want everyone to fall down on their knees and worship this god. And there are those three guys, Shadrach, Mizek, and Abnego, Nago, I hope I, I said the names right. Um, but they, what they actually say is, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. And Nebuchadnezzar, he's, he got angry. He said, next time when the music plays, you fall down on your knees and worship this God, worship this idol. And they said, no. And their response was, what, you know, because what he said is, I'm gonna throw you into the fire, I'm gonna throw you in the blazing fire, in a blazing furnace, if you don't fall on your knees. And what they say is, do it, do it. And we, we believe that God will save us. And even if he does not, even if he does not, he still deserves all the glory. 
even if he does not. Is that the attitude we have these days? There is a lot of different voices coming to us. Like, oh, what you believe, it's stupid. Or, you know, it's, it's all about tolerance. It's about acceptance. We, we, we living together and just, this is society in these days. Please, come on. It's not relevant what you believe anymore. This is society. Are we, are we still, uh, have, do we have this attitude like, no matter what, I just want to glorify God. I want to follow his ways. Whatever you say, whatever happens to me, even if I need to suffer for it, he's, he deserves the glory. So how do we deal with suffering? And the first, and actually what Peter is addressing to, is look to Jesus. Because if, if someone suffered, it was Jesus. He suffered in a totally different category than we did, than we will ever have to. He is an example, and everyone actually will agree with it. Everyone loves the story about someone that suffers for his friends. A few weeks ago, around Easter time, we, we had uh, in Amsterdam, in Amsterdam Southeast, they had this big play, The Passion, about Jesus, actually, the whole, the, the whole story about his suffering. And people loved it. You don't have to be a believer to enjoy that. The, the, uh, lots of people come to that event or watch it on the telly because it's, they, they all find it a very uh, a wonderful story that actually inspires them. Yeah, this is what you should do to lay your life down for your friends. So everyone understands that it, it, in some ways it's a wonderful example. But it's not just an example. But I'll come back to that later. I'm first going to look at the first verse. Maybe we can have the text on the screen as well. For Christ also suffered once. And I want to focus particularly on that, that word once. Why, why is it in there? Because it's the cross of Christ is sufficient. It's once, it's complete, it's, it's finished. That's what Jesus actually proclaimed on the cross. It's finished. This is the first time and the last time. It's finished. There is, it's dealt with. The righteous for the unrighteous. The one that lived the perfect life. He suffered once and it's done. It's finished. It's complete. The battle is won. And as Christians, we can take that as truth for ourselves in our suffering to know, hey, the battle is won. It is finished. Christ, Christ has died. He rose again. It's done. We, we can live with that, that, that assurance. It's complete. Secondly, why, why did he die? And that's, that's uh, the second bit, that he might bring us back to God. It's, the cross of Christ is missional. The thing, what, what, what do we want as a church? We would we'd love to see people come back to God. The cross of Christ is missional. God gave his son because he so loved the world. You know, it's missional. It's, it's intention to send Jesus was to bring be, people back to him. 
to restore this relationship with himself. It's missional. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Do you understand what what it's saying here? I I really had a hard time studying this. Some verses in the Bible are very hard to understand. And I ask a few people around me, do you know what it means? Even people that are really studying the Bible daily and, 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 and know it very well. And it's, you know, it, it could mean this, it could mean that. It could mean... Some things in the Bible are sometimes confusing. But then the best way to study these kind of verses is just to stand on the things that we actually do know. To, to stand on the truth. This, you, you will never see this first appear on, on our website. Oh, we, by, by the way, we, we believe that this and this and this. He, he proclaimed to the, the people in prison, to the spirits in prison, uh, and, and we believe this and this and so and so about that. It will not be on there. We stand on the truth that we know that Jesus died and rose again, and, and, and that, that's what we believe. That's strong uh, 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 strong ground. That's a rock that we can stand on. So whatever I'm going to say on this, probably there will be people that disagree with me. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I would talk with you later and we fight it outside to make sure I'm joking. That's totally fine. Some bits in the Bible are, you know, it's... it's it's, it's a mystery, and it will, some things will stay a mystery, but let's hold on to the things that we know, that the, the things that are truth to us, that we are certain of. But I will, I will explain this first in a way that I think, I will explain a few ways, but uh, explain it in a way I think, oh, yeah, that, this, this fits in, in, in what I want to share today. So some people... Some, uh, one view is that um, being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit is talking about uh, Jesus made alive by the Holy Spirit. Other, another view is that it's Jesus' spirit uh, that, that was alive. Um, I, I, think, I think that's the one, uh, that, that Jesus' spirit was alive. Um, but for now, those, those two views are there. Um, another view is, when, that's about this, um, in which he went and proclaimed to the pri- spirits in prison. Um, there is a few that refers to Christ preaching in hell. He went and preached to the spirit in prison. That means Christ went into hell and preached to the spirit who were there. What was he doing there in, in, in this view? He was proclaiming the gospel and offering a second chance to repent or just, or, or just proclaiming that he had triumphant over them. One thing I know for sure, there's not a second chance. That's, uh, there, there will be a few in, more in the Catholic uh, uh, way direction but there is no second chance. The Bible is, doesn't say 
that there is a second chance. Also, the Bible doesn't say anything about Christ descending into hell. So, what, what, what is a way that we can um, see this? Preaching into hell is unlikely, and also because of the first that we actually read in 1 Peter 3 verse 15, Peter is encouraging his readers to witness boldly to hostile unbelievers around them. He just taught them to always be prepared and give an answer. And it totally would lose his urgency if there would be a second chance. Why, why would we want to proclaim the gospel with that urgency to bring us in a position of suffering, you know, if Christ is still uh, gonna proclaim uh, into hell and give people, offer people a second chance? That isn't the truth. Another way is that the people that, of the, the spirits that he's talking to is, is very, it's a small group. It's talking about the people in the days of Noah that's, that's limited. If he would offer people a second chance, then why not all, all sinners? Why not everyone? It's limited to a small group. A more satisfying explanation, probably the one that, that I would agree with, um, is, is actually supported by Augustine. And the passage refers to something Christ did in between his death, not, not in between his death and resurrection. So it doesn't have to do, has, has to do with something that happens in between uh, the, the time he died and rose again. But it's actually referring to the time, and, and that's also something to say for, um, that Christ's spirit preached to these spirits in prison in the time of Noah, through Noah. Because what, what, is, what it is saying in 1 Peter 1 verse 11, he says that the spirit of Christ was speaking in the Old Testament prophets. This suggests that Peter um, could have readily thought that the Spirit of Christ was speaking through Noah as well. Then in 2 Peter 2 verse 5, he calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. So he's using the time of Noah a few times, and I, I believe that, that this is the case, that Christ's Spirit through Noah was preaching to these people. Sorry, it's, it's a lot of, of, of information and it's still, it's for me finding out, oh, what is this about? And I'm trying to explain it in my best way. Um, but I, this, this is what I believe. So it seems likely that when Christ preached to the spirit in prison, he did so through Noah in the days of the flood. The people to whom Christ preached through Noah were unbelievers on the earth at the time of Noah, but now Peter is calling them spirits in prison. Why? Because they, they, they are now in hell. That, that's what the Bible says. Even though they were not just spirits, but persons on the earth when the preaching was done. So it's more, uh, it's, it's back in time. 
that Christ was preaching to these people. It's a very difficult and hard passage to understand. And when you talk about it with one another, please study it, please go through it, and, and find out what, it, what it's meant, but never let it you know, come to, oh, you have a different opinion, so that's why we can't uh, be in fellowship together. It's, it, in that way, to be honest, it isn't that important. But it's important to understand it in this, in this passage where I'm actually speaking on. So Noah, he preached for 100 years. For 100 years. He was preaching to these unbelievers while he was building this ark. And, and eight people, that, that is most of it, is, is his family, were saved. Eight people. Can you imagine that Matt and Joe came here to plant this church and probably after four or five years, if it would be still their family, just their family, that Matt was standing here every week to preach and it was just their family sitting there. Hmm. I, I, I'm not sure if he would be really excited after four years. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, we are planting his church, guys. But Noah preached for 100 years. <laughs> that's, that's quite a time. But that shows how faithful he is. That shows his faithfulness towards God. Where other people said, what you're doing is crazy. Are you building this ark? That's such a stupid idea. It's, it's a desert. It's a desert we live in. I mean, in Amsterdam, it probably, you know, people would understand it more because they like wacky stuff. So if we would bark, build an ark on Dam Square, they think, oh, that's fun. <laughs> and, and it makes sense because we are below sea level. So you never know. But how, you know, how would we, how would we respond? How would we respond when, when, when we feel God is, is asking us something to build? And just, we, we hear a lot of different voices coming out. What are you doing? That's stupid. What are you believing? Why, why, would, you, why would you follow that? Why would you do that? It, in suffering, it asks faithfulness to be really uh, um, firm and, and, and strong in this, this is what I believe. This is who I am. I want to focus on the ark a little bit because why? It's, it's a type, it's a picture of actually who Jesus is. People that were in the ark at the time of the flood were lifted above the waters. In that, in that way, it's, it's a one, it may be the best picture we have in what it means to be in Christ. It's because we are in Christ, we are lifted above the waters. We are, uh, we are safe. We are in him. That, that's how we need to look at this passage when it's talking about the cross of Christ. That at that time, we were hidden in him. The ark is a beautiful picture about what that means. It's also a picture of baptism. Although, I, I want to make clear to you that baptism is not the thing that saves you. It's not the thing that saves you. Because that would, that would make us 
very legalistic again, because then we think, oh, it's a work. We need to do something to be saved. It's not. So what, what is baptism actually? It, it, the, the, the ark and the flood is a, is a beautiful thing about what it actually is. Um, and it gives us an idea. But baptism is a picture of your identification with Christ in his death and resurrection. It's, it's actually saying, I, I really trust in that, I believe that, and that's why I want to be baptized. I want to be obedient um, in that. It's, I, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm part of that death, I'm part of that burial, and I'm part of the resurrection that I identify myself with it. That's what baptism is talking about. And it's, I don't wanna, you know, we love baptism for, for one reason, because it's, it's not just, oh, it's, it's just a picture of, you know, what happened, because it's a very powerful thing to do. As mature believers to say, yes, Lord, I, want, I trust you, I wanna follow you, I believe that I died, that I'm in you, that I rose again, that I'm a part of your family, and now, I, I want to step, I want to take this step into faith and say, here I am, Lord, I want to be baptized in you. That's why it's so important if baptism would just be an act. It, it, yeah, it, 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 would, be, it would be something very on, much on the, on the surface. It would be a very easy thing, thing to do. Oh, you know, just get baptized and you're in, that's it. But the thing is, um, the, and, and the wonderful thing is that baptism actually represents the much deeper meaning of you being in Christ. And that's, if you, if you really trust that and if you really believe that, then probably baptism is something and it's a great thing to do and it's a powerful thing to do. It will do you good. Absolutely, we believe that as a, as a church. So if you are having questions around that or if you maybe really desire to get baptized, please talk to us, please talk to me and Maria. And uh, we, we start this course the 28th of May, just helping you to understand what is baptism, uh, how can it affect, uh, and it will affect your life in many ways, maybe because of family that, that are not Christians, how to deal with that, how to handle that. Uh, what does it mean to be, we take you through, what does it mean to be in Christ, to actually take this step of faith? How, how, we, we, we'd love to help you and to love to explore it with you. So even when you're not sure, if the, is this the right time for me to get baptized, please come to us, you know, this course is still for you, uh, to help you to understand it, um, and then find out if, the, if this is really the thing that, that you want to do. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. We celebrate a God that is alive. We celebrate a God that died, and we, we were in him at the time. We, we were part of that. He was our substitution. He was the one that stood in our place, but also rose again. And that's the moment that we can celebrate because it's finished, the death, uh, uh, he defeated death, he defeated the punishment of sin, 
And now we can enjoy uh, life. We can enjoy life in him. We can really believe that with him we die, with him we rose again, and now can, now can we stand in that victory. And even, even if still on this earth we'll have trial, even still on this earth we, we will suffer, we, we have a goal, we have a goal and we can look to the future with this promise that there will be a time that we will spend eternity with him. Now we can celebrate a God that is alive. He is ruling and reigning. He is seated on high. And we, we can serve him. We can uh, enjoy his presence. And the, the, the beautiful thing is when we talk about suffering and when we talk about the Christian life, that that's, that's not the end. Uh, it's not the end and we just need to hold firmly and, 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 and really constantly remind us. But he sent us his power. He sent us his Holy Spirit to help us actually live this life, to help us in our sufferings, to help us uh, to glorify God in every moment. It would be hard if without God, without his power in and through us to actually live, live this life. It would be hard. We would give up straight away. We would give up. But because of him, because his power in us, because his Holy Spirit, we can, we we can boldly and, and, and full of courage, we can persevere in this life and we can enjoy him. That's the most wonderful thing. That's the most wonderful thing about what the Holy Spirit does. We can enjoy, we can enjoy Jesus. We can see him as he is. And uh, that's, where I wanna, that's where I wanna finish. I uh, want to read once more the, the first verse. And that's for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us back to God. Being put to death in the flesh, God restored life in the spirit. Because of this, God brought us back. God restored this relationship between us and God. You know, it's not because of our great works. It's not because of what we have done, but it's, it's because of his his cross, and, and we're gonna celebrate communion in, in, in a bit. We're gonna worship and celebrate communion, but if, the, if this is true for you, let, just let, let it come in. Let it come in into your heart again that it's because of his work, it's because Christ, the righteous, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the, right, the unrighteous, it's the one that lived a, a perfect life, he gave his life for you and me um, to just be in this wonderful union with God again. And maybe you're here and you're not a believer at all. And I asked this question in the beginning, why suffering? Because we live in a broken world. We, we sinned against God and that separated us from him. But why can we still see that God loves us so much? It's because of this, this line. Because he gave himself up for us. He died for our sins. He took our place. The punishment that we deserved, he took it. And he died for it. So we, we might live. So we might be uh, enjoying this freedom, this restored relationship with the Father. And that's something to celebrate. And if you don't know that, you know, please come and talk to us. We would love to introduce Jesus to you because he is the answer. He is the one that gives life. 
He's the one that gives joy. He's the one who sees you in your sufferings. He's the one that, 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 that just loves you. He wants, he's the one that knows you. And he's the one that you need. And he's the one that knows what you need. <laughs> he's an answer to everything. So let's worship him. Let's worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords who reigns and rules forever. Amen.